Hello, listeners. Welcome to the CSUN SFA podcast. We are the Student Finance Association at California State University Northridge, looking to help you guys get exposure into careers in finance. Welcome to our third podcast of the semester. Today, we'll be hosting a very dear friend to me and to the Student Finance Association, our very own executive advisor, Bryce Marks. And although he is very knowledgeable in the world of finance, he also has some insight he would like to share with us regarding real estate. This episode should be very, very informative. So without further ado, I'm here, to re- I'm here with the rest of the CSUN SFA podcast team. Good morning, Nosley. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Hannah. Hey, everybody. Good morning, Francisco. Hey, how's it going, guys? And a big welcome to our new- two new members of the team, David and Million. What's going on, everyone? Hello, everyone. And I'm Ibrahim Agaba, your vice president of finance this semester, and I'll be your host for this episode. First and foremost, Bryce, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, this, is, this is an honor. Um, I'm excited to be here. But yeah, so my name is Bryce Marks. I'm a, a senior here at CSUN. I'm studying finance with an emphasis in financial analysis. Outside of school, I like to invest in real estate and stocks. And uh, some, some fun facts about me is I love to snowboard and I love to golf recently. Uh, when the pandemic started and we, we started going on quarantine in March, I picked up golfing and I've been golfing every weekend ever since. And it's uh, something that's really grown on me. Welcome, Bryce. Well, thank you for being here again. And uh, let's just jump right into it. What got you into real estate investing? Yeah, so when I was growing up out here in L.A., I had a lot of friends in elementary school and middle school who came from like wealthy families. Um, I would go over to their house to have like sleepovers when I was younger. Um, and I would, their homes would be like million dollar mansions. And I didn't really think much of it at the time. Um, but as I got older, I became more, more observant. And I noticed some of my friends uh, were taking like these luxurious trips during summer vacation to Italy and Greece and all these different crazy places. Um, and I, I always wondered, like, what were they doing? What were their families doing that was so special? How could they afford these, these like, lifestyles? Um, eventually, I became old enough to understand that a lot of these families made most of their income from owning businesses. I always thought people made money from, you know, the traditional nine to five until one day um, one of my friend's parents took them to Disneyland on a random Wednesday. Like, all of my friends were at school and, and their parents just picked them up and and took them out to Disneyland. And I was really confused because I thought everyone's parents were just working nine to fives. Um, and I didn't really know how much flexibility having a business could provide provide you. Eventually, I was able to, to be mentored by a couple of successful people who told me that owning real estate and businesses and other passive income streams is what you need to like live those those different types of lifestyles. Once I heard that, I began reading books on business and and the rest is history. Wow, that's that's really cool, Bryce. Um, if you could share with us what is real estate investing in your words? Yeah, so in a quick quick uh, summary, real estate investing is just you know purchasing and managing a property and renting it out to people and putting a tenant a tenant in there and getting it rented out or buying a, a property and fixing it up and selling it for a profit. So what are the different types of strategies for real estate investing? Yeah, so there's three different strategies, or there's multiple strategies, but the three that we're going to talk about are a fix and flip strategy, which is buying a property that's the ugliest in the neighborhood, 
Um, I know a lot of us like out here in LA, we drive this drive downtown in LA and there'll be a lot of really nice houses. And then you just turn left on the street and it just, then the, the houses just degrade instantly. Um, fix and flippers, they buy those properties that are the ugly ones in that neighborhood and they fix it up and make it look like the best ones in the neighborhood. And then they sell that property uh, for a profit. And when they fix it up, they fix up the kitchens, the bathroom, maybe the roof, maybe the, the landscaping outside and, and they make it look nice and then they sell it for a profit. The next strategy is the Burr strategy, which is the, B, the buy, the rehab, the rent, the refinance and repeat. Um, so with this strategy, you're buying a property, you're fixing it up, same like fixing the kitchen, the bathroom, and then you're renting out that property and then you refinance the property, pull out that equity that came from fixing up the property. Um, and you keep the property, when you do this strategy, keep it over time and you keep refinancing every time you buy a new property and it helps you build like a massive portfolio. But typically when you're doing these two methods, the fix and flip and the burr strategy, um, you typically need around a 20% down payment if you're buying this property as an investment. And 20% on a property like that can be a lot of money. And I know a lot of people like us that are in their 20s or younger um, don't really have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash laying around to buy real estate. Um, and this is where my favorite and current strategy comes into play. And that's called house hacking. And so what, what exactly is house hacking? House hacking works great for people in their 20s. It helps you build tremendous amounts of wealth over your lifetime. Um, and house hacking is when you buy a property with the plans to live in that property for at least one year. When you buy that property with the intentions to live in it, you can qualify for an FHA loan. And this loan allows you to put as little as three and a half percent down, dependent on your credit score and your debt to income ratio. Awesome, Bryce. That's, that's a lot of information. I didn't even know about all those strategies, but can you give an example of how house hacking works? Yeah. Um, so say we're buying a $500,000 property for an investment purpose. Um, so we're not going to live in this property. We're just going to buy it and rent it out and live somewhere else. That $500,000 times 20% is going to be $100,000. That means we need 100000 in cash, not including closing costs, just to buy this property as an investment. Most 20-year-olds, like I said earlier, don't have $100,000 in cash to where they can you know, buy a property like that. So this is where house hacking comes in handy. Say we were buying that same $500,000 property with the intentions to live in one of the units for one year. Before we convert it to like a, a rental or an investment property, we're gonna live in it for one year and live in one of the rooms or one of the units of the property. That $500,000 property times three and a half percent equals $17,500. We got to put three and a half percent down because we're going to live in the property. So we qualified for that FHA loan, which means we can now spend 17000 to get into the same $500,000 property rather than the 100000 in the previous example. Mm -hmm. So the house hacking strategy works great with single family homes, duplexes, triplexes, and, and fourplexes, which are like small apartment buildings. Um, and the strategy is that, like I said, you live in one of the rooms, say we have like a, a four bedroom house that we're buying for 500000 we're gonna live in one of those bedrooms, which means we're gonna have three other bedrooms that we can then rent out. And um, you essentially get to live for free when you do this strategy because the other three bedrooms that would be rented out should cover our mortgage and our, our expenses to where we don't have to pay for anything to live in whatever room we're living in. 
So going back to that $500,000 property example, say we use the house hacking strategy to buy this four bedroom, three bathroom house for 500,000. We put three and a half percent down, which is 17,500. Say our expenses for this property, um, which include like our mortgage, our interest, our insurance, our taxes, our utilities, say that's around 2,500 a month. And we live in the master bedroom, right? We're, we're, we're living in the master bedroom. So we have three bedrooms out that we can rent. Say we rent each of those bedrooms for a thousand bucks each to keep the numbers simple. That's $3,000 a month and in, in, that we're making from rent. And like I said earlier, our expenses is 2,500. That means we're making $500 in profit each month while living completely free. So say the master bedroom usually rips, uh, rents for $1,200 a month. And we usually you rent out the master bedroom for more than like the other bedrooms because it's a bigger space. It has like its own ensuite bath. It has its own closet. Um, if you live in that room, typically it would cost 1200 bucks a month. Um, this means we get to keep that 1200 bucks every month because we're, we're living there for free. So we get to keep that. We don't have to pay anyone 1200 bucks a month. Plus we're making an additional 500 every month from the renters that works out to be 1700 bucks every month in cash flow. Um, and that's about 1700 times 12, which is $20,400 um, in our first year of owning the property. So if, it, if we spent 17,500 to get into this property and then we're making 20,400 um, renting it out while living in it, that works out to be 116% return on investment just in the first year of owning the property. And that's not including like appreciation or loan pay down or any of those other things that can add to your net worth. That's just pure uh, uh, cash flow. Right. So one uh, question that I had was when you're looking, um, for example, to buy a, a house, right? For example, how do you know that it's going to be worth your investment to fix it up? Do you know what I mean? So like, let's say you see the ugliest house on the block, right? How do you know that the cost of fixing the kitchen, the roof and the bathroom and stuff like that isn't going to add up to more than what you can sell it for. Yeah. So that's when like appraisers come in, you would have like someone to come in and appraise the house and he will tell you like what things he thinks would, would drive the most value in the home. If you fix that up, um, mm -hmm. cause he's probably appraised other houses in your neighborhood and he knows what's probably making that house value or that home value higher. So mm -hmm. once you get an appraiser in the house to kind of walk through the property and see, you know, Oh, the kitchen has mold or this has, this issue he'll tell you like what things you can fix and how much you can expect to make from them awesome bryce well thank you so much for that insight into real estate investing i know ibrahim has some further questions on the topic and i'll pass it on to him yeah thanks francisco and uh yeah bryce i feel like a lot of our listeners are getting to the point in their lives where they want to provide for themselves financially in the near future so my question for you is how does this strategy provide financial independence yeah, that's a good question, Ibrahim. Um, so if you do this strategy every year, say you buy, you know, a $500,000 property every year for 10 years, you can create a huge stream of income. Um, so let's create an example. Say you're buying $500,000 property every year for 10 years. That works out to be $5 million worth of real estate in 10 years. That's not including if the property appreciates over time or if the rents increase or anything like that. Um, th that's $5 million in 10 years, is a good amount of money. So say 
each property is making around uh, $20,000 a year in cash flow, which is conservative. That works out to be $200,000 in passive cash flow every year once you hit that 10 year mark. So if you keep scaling that up and you start in your 20s and you build that over till you're like 50 for 30 years, you can create you know, a massive amount of cash flow. Well, yeah, that's that's super impressive. And and I'm sure you didn't get this information out of thin air. So like what what type of books helped you grow this mindset? Yeah, so for books, uh, the first book I read that kind of shifted my mindset and made me think uh, more like business oriented was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Another book I read was Set for Life by Scott Trench. And that one's more of a real estate investment style book. Um, and that's Scott Trench works for Bigger Pod, uh, Bigger Pockets podcast, which is a great uh, resource if anyone's trying to listen to podcasts while driving or something like that. Um, and that'll give you like a great insight on real estate investing. And another book I read is called The House Hacking Strategy, which dives deeper into the strategy that we're talking about right now, and it kind of like goes really deep into that subject. So, if you're into that, that's a a great book to read. Okay, cool. That's that's definitely a great list and. I'm sure many of our listeners are jotting that down as you're saying it. So, and okay. So now that we have talked a little bit about your knowledge and insight in real estate investing, let's talk about your internship experience with Amazon and the OFRP program you're now going to be a part of. So, so the rest of the team each has a question for you. And I believe Hannah actually has the first question. Thank you, Ibrahim. And also thank you, Bryce, for being here. That was such an awesome overview on real estate investing. So my question for you is, what are your plans for relocation, if any, and how does the relocation process work? Yep. So thank you for that question, Hannah. Um, the relocation process with Amazon actually works very smoothly. I'm currently in the process right now with Amazon, like moving and doing all that. Um, but typically Amazon or a company will give you a list of locations you can move to. And once you request to move to that location and it's approved, Amazon will send you to their partners named Graybell. Um, and Graybell, what they do is they actually help you find an apartment or a home. They connect you with realtors or people that can help you find these, these types of property that you want to move into. Um, and then the cool thing that I found out recently is that what they do is once you find that property you want to move to, they will um, actually professionally move all your stuff from your current location to the new location, even your car. Like they'll move your car and, and tow it all the way to your new uh, new house or wherever you're moving. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Bryce, again, for being here. And I'm going to pass it off to Million. So, Bryce, uh, do you think your unique previous experience in uh, real estate investing gave you a leg up in acquiring a position in Amazon's operational finance rotational program? Um, so... I don't think having like experience in real estate gave me a leg up when I was applying because I didn't showcase that I was a real estate investor on my resume and no one really knew that I knew anything about real estate when I was applying to Amazon. Um, but I will say that I think having an understanding of how real estate investing works did help me during my internship over the summer. Because in real estate, you have to try to find ways to make a real estate deal a good deal, whether that be improving an old home, fixing the kitchen and all that, like we talked about earlier, or doing a house hacking strategy, or maybe even a different strategy. There's always a different way to make you know a deal better. Um, and that's kind of similar to how it was at Amazon. I spent a lot of time thinking about how can we create a better financial 
uh, a better financial company when I was at Amazon. And I believe knowing how to, you know, create an average deal and make it a great deal in real estate transitioned really well into Amazon. And I think that's why I got the full-time position after the internship, because I knew how uh, to make certain things work. Okay. So um, Bryce, what qualities of the OFRP program are you most excited for? Um, So I'm excited mostly. I'm excited to travel um, I'm excited. Well, I don't know if I'll be doing much traveling now because of COVID, but I'm excited to travel if I ever get the chance again. But I'm also excited to network with very smart people and learn from the best. Um, just during my internship over the summer, I was able to network with like the smartest people I've ever met, and I still remain in contact with them today. I'm also excited that the program is partnering, partnering with Cornell University, um, which will create like seminars and trainings and events for us to grow in our financial uh, acumen or grow our our knowledge. Um, And I'm excited, excited for that. And um, just in general, being in in a financial development program at a a huge company is great because the company puts a lot of time and money into the program and it shows. Also, you have access to some of like some really big data, especially at Amazon, you have access to really big data, which helps you, you know, get comfortable doing bigger, bigger deals, bigger projects at such a young, young age. Yeah, I mean, wow, Cornell, I can't, um, that seems like a a lot of wonderful prospects coming up. um, And, uh, you know, that sounds amazing. Uh, And now for our last question for this episode, let's hand it off to David. Hey Bryce, uh, thank you so much again uh, for being here and taking the time to talk to us. My question for you is, what are some of the key takeaways uh, that you had from the internship? And, um, you know, what is some relevant training uh, for those that are interested in a similar career path? Yeah, that's a great question, David. Um, so a key takeaway I had during my internship over the summer, which I apply to my everyday life, is that don't be afraid to make big, uh, take on big projects. Don't be afraid to take on big projects. Getting comfortable doing big projects and stepping out of your comfort zone is, is where you'll see the most growth in your life. And I apply that with, you know, real estate investing or stock investing or anything I do pretty much now is I always take on the challenge and I always try to challenge myself and take on the, the biggest project in the room. Um, and some relevant course trainings, I would say, or just relevant trainings in general, I would say is to know SQL, know Excel, know Excel VBA, and uh, also know Python. Because any employer will be very impressed, even if you know the basics of SQL or Python, you, the employer will like eat you up. They'll really enjoy that. They'll be excited that you walk in with with some experience and and knowledge in those areas. Um, And it's something you can easily like look up. You can watch on YouTube, SQL videos, Excel videos. Um, Anything you need to learn is kind of on the internet nowadays. So I would say that that those are the relevant trainings I think people should take. Awesome. Uh, Thanks so much, Bryce. You know, as a freshman who's kind of looking to break into finance, Uh, It's really inspiring to hear about your experiences and how, you know, your skills that you developed in real estate kind of helped you take the reins of your internship at Amazon and, you know, land the the offer in the end. Um, So, yeah, I I really commend you for that. Thank you. So I think that's all the questions we have for today. And with that, I'll hand it back off to Ibrahim. 
Yeah, and that about wraps up our third episode. It was a pleasure being your host this time around. A special thank you to our friend Bryce Marks for affording us his time today. Please tune into our show every other Monday. You can find our latest updates and developments of all things CSUN SFA podcast on our Instagram at CSUN SFA. Thank you, listeners. Stay safe, everyone.